0: Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Emma. Hi, Brittany. So during my time as a teacher in private school, I learned a lot about you know, the lies we learn in public school. And I, I'm not just talking about the actual content, though that's there too, right? Especially now, like there's so many incorrect things they're teaching about our founding fathers and the founding of this country in general. Mm-hmm. But I mean more things like the way the world works, which, hey, that's the name of this podcast. So I want to <laughs> talk about some of those things today and, and debunk, meaning proof false, these, these silly things we were taught uh, about the world. So the first idea, and this to me is the most egregious, the worst idea is collective punishment. So Mm. I remember as a kid, there was always the two kids that wouldn't stop talking, right? There was the two kids that wanted to be the class clown. Sometimes I was one of them, but that were just talking in in inappropriate times and the teacher was frustrated because she couldn't teach. But my whole class had to stay after. So I remember we called it class come to order. And when the teacher said class come to order, she'd count down. And how many times she counted down for us to be quiet. It's funny. I can't even believe I remember all this, but we had to stay after that many minutes and it wasn't like it was a minute. She was just counting one, two, three. So I this used to really rub me the wrong way because why was I being punished? for mm-hmm. something two people did? Why weren't those two kids, you know, being punished? And we can talk about whether or not they should be punished in the first place in another episode. But it really bothered me because that's not the way the world should work. Now, sometimes it, it does, I suppose. Um, But yeah. but actually, no, because even if you commit a crime, and I mean, we could also talk about the overcriminalization. There's a lot of stuff there. Yeah. But, You're held accountable for what you do, but public school teaches you, and again, this goes back to this concept we've talked about, about the greater good or the social Mm -hmm. contract that if you do something wrong, that everybody needs to be punished for it. So that one is always just really rubbed me the wrong way. I don't like it. I think it's really detrimental to kids um, Mm -hmm. and and obviously as they turn into adults. So that's my first one. I'll throw it to you, Emma.
1: Yeah, one one thing that I will say about that too is I think it teaches kids to not take responsibility for their own actions Ooh, because yeah. it's it takes away basically your your thinking that says, "Okay, is this going to get me in trouble or is it not?" And when you grow up thinking, "Well, we're all just going to sort of suffer the same punishment." I think that's almost how you end up with a situation like the the lockdowns where it's like, "Well, we're all suffering the same consequences. Even though we have different actions and different inputs, we're all going to have the same outcome. And we all need to be good and we all need to wear our masks in 15 days to slow the spread. So I think we've all been very conditioned to do that. And the kids that had problems with that are probably all pretty libertarian now. So They're probably entrepreneurs. They're probably thriving. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So one thing that really bothered me about school, um, I had many run-ins with teachers just for this alone was that there was this idea that the authority figure is always right. And you know, if you've listened to any of this podcast, you know that that is not true. You know that we we disagree with that notion and we find it ridiculous. But for some reason in schools and you know, I went to public school, but I also for a couple of years went to private school, I found this was a thing in both actually, in both both forms of school. Um I, I it's really absurd that we teach kids, you know, the basics of America. Okay, here's the founding fathers were skeptical of big government. So they started this. That is if you go to a school that still teaches that. Yeah. And we learn about the foundation of America and we learn about, you know, this idea of self-government and of individual rights. But then the t- same people try to tell you, well, if you talk while the teacher's talking, then you, you need to go sit in the corner or you're going to get... You're going to lose your recess or something like that, which you know we do need to be respectful. And I, I do decorum, believe in showing. That's a, that's a thing what yes.
0: my professors taught me. You know, there's a way to disagree, but do it with respect yes. and with you know,
1: exactly. Yeah, there, there's a difference between decorum and showing respect versus blind, you know, allegiance to authority. Which that's not something that is good to just teach kids. Is no matter what, you need to listen to the authority figures and you need to, you know, believe in what they say because we have seen so many examples throughout history and so many different you know ways people abusing their authority and using it to harm people even to harm kids and that's that's not a fun thing to talk about but teachers and authority figures and principals they're not always right and we know that but the fact that they try to condition kids to believe that is in my in my view very very destructive and it's also not how the real world works in the real world You know, when things are going the right way, there's accountability for authority. Maybe there is some decorum and there is a level of respect, but authority figures are not untouchable, infallible, meaning they can never do anything wrong. They're actually people. And people make mistakes and people sometimes abuse their power. And it's important to remember that. So that's not to say we shouldn't respect people, respect our teachers and respect our parents who I know for a lot of you guys are probably your teachers. Respect is important, but it doesn't mean that we just need to blindly follow everything someone says just because they happen to be in a position of authority.
0: Completely agree. And um, so I'll move on to, to my next one, which is and this one always gets me. The next lie is that you are always going to be working with people your own age. So mm. it is, I call this, you know, age segregation. It's funny to me because we have this idea that every five-year-old learns the same, you know, at the same pace. Every 10-year-old learns at the same pace. And so you you are doing two things. You're slowing down some kids learning or you're putting some kids in, in uh, you know, advanced le- like curriculum they're not ready for. You're teaching them things they're not ready for. And also, you're teaching them that you should only socialize with people who are your age. And that's not yeah. the real world, right? I work with people much older than me. I work with people much younger than me. You have to learn to to work with people all ages. And I know Montessori schools, it's a brand of yeah. – I guess a brand isn't the right way to put it, but it's a, it's a, a theory of, of private yeah. schools. They mix kids. And I really like that because you learn to, to talk with kids of all ages. And I think it helps the younger kids mature. And it also yeah. helps people learn at their level. And it also, there's like homeschool or I guess like unschool, a lot of, a lot of it teaches you that, you know, you can talk with adults. And mm-hmm. I really like that. I've noticed that when I meet homeschool kids that are used to working with adults, they are so much more mature. They can handle yeah. a conversation. They can sit and, and talk like adults with you. You know, we shouldn't be treating kids like kids if they if they're capable right. of having good conversations. So I think that's a really uh, harmful lie that we're taught that we can only talk to seven year olds if we're seven year olds, you know? Because age really isn't isn't that big a deal when we talk about working with people. We've got to work
1: with all sorts of people
0: of all different ages.
1: Mm-hmm. It's true. And learning how to talk with adults is such an important skill. Oh, yes. It really helps a young person stand out when they're first starting their career or they're oh, first trying point. to get their first job. It's knowing how to relate to people and and carry yourself in a way that's mature and, um, and comes off, you know, sharp and professional. That is a really big deal. And it's also a huge advantage. So when you, you know, you treat kids like they're kids, no matter what. Some kids should be treated like kids, but some kids are able to to kind of rise above their their standard and speak with adults in a way that's very adult like. And, you know, forcing kids to all behave the same way really ultimately holds them back because when you're young, you're capable of a lot more than most people will give you credit for. And if you're treated with that level of dignity and respect, a lot of times kids will be able to rise up to that. So that's one thing I really didn't like about public school is we were all kind of forced to to perform on the same level and, you know, excelling or, you know, jumping ahead in certain classes and and all of that, there wasn't really an accommodation because they just had us broken up by age. So I, I totally agree with that one. Another one is that schools focus so much on what to think and not on how to think. Yes, I took so many classes where they would just say, this is This And you need to just accept it this way. And there would never be any discussion about why or about their reasoning or about how they came to that conclusion or how our society came to came to a conclusion that X is right and Y is wrong. And that that was really tough for me because um, I actually so I went to private schools that were um, there were classical schools, which focuses a lot on like logic and reasoning and um, philosophy and then I went to public school starting in seventh grade and it was a completely, completely different environment. So I had been sort of started learning about logic and learning about, you know, the Socratic method and asking why and really drilling into sort of the the underlying premises under these statements people would make. And then when I got to public school, I had a really hard time because I would, you know, good naturedly ask my teachers well, why, why do you say that? And what makes you, what makes you think this, or why should we believe this? And I was actually coming from a good place. I was coming from a place of respect because I respected them enough to question what they were saying and they did not like it. And I got in trouble a couple of times for talking back because they thought that I was just trying to undermine their authority once again. sorry, I got my coffee pot going off over there, (laughs) but um, yeah, that was a huge problem. And I didn't understand why people got so offended when I would ask why, because to me, I was showing interest. I was engaging with what they were saying. But unfortunately, in public schools, a lot of times it's so much more about just follow the instructions, just take what I say as the gold standard, don't ask why. And that really bothered me.
0: Yeah. So another thing, and I I completely agree with you on that. In fact, as a teacher, I tried to do the opposite. We talked about Socratic Mm -hmm. method before, and that's asking why instead of just saying this is how it is. So another thing I want to touch on um, is this idea that you don't learn through play. And this really bothers me because, you know, when I was a teacher, kids only got about 20 minutes of recess a day and that just broke my heart. Mm -hmm. Part of the reason I don't teach anymore, or at least in in that capacity, is that, you know, people have this idea that you only learn if you're in a desk, you know, and and every hour you've got to switch to a new subject or something like that. But that's not how people learn. We learn through interaction with each other because... There are so many parts of, of my job where it's not just what I do, it's working with other people. Mm-hmm. And also, you learn a lot through play. You know, if you're, you learn about cause and effect. You learn, yeah. you know, if I do this on the playground, maybe people won't want to play with me. If I swat a bee, I'm probably going to get stung. There are so many things you can learn through play. A lot of times we call it play based learning. That it's just mm-hmm. so silly to me that we teach kids that the only way they learn is going to be lectured to in a desk all day. So that that's another lie that always gets me.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah, me too. It's it's you can learn so much. In my opinion, so much more through interacting with people than you can just sort of sitting at your desk. And also, too, certain kids have a hard time sitting still and focusing on one, you know, particular subject for a super long period of time without talking to anyone else. I was like that in school. I loved learning and I loved taking on new concepts, but I kind of had to talk about them to get a grasp on what they were. I'm a very verbal person and a very verbal learner. And when we would have to sort of sit at our little desk and not look around and not talk to people, that was really tough for me to stay focused and get that stuff done. And there are tons and tons of people out there who learn that way and everyone learns differently. And that's that's another thing that I wanted to say is that Schools do not respect different learning styles. They sort of treat everyone like they all learn the same way. One size fits all. One size fits all and one size does not fit all. And you know, I'm sure a lot of a lot of the kids listening can understand this. Maybe you learn really easily by reading something and by looking at it and seeing. You might be a visual learner. Um, other people might be like an auditory learner where you hear something out loud and it just sticks in your brain forever. So maybe rather than reading, you might prefer to listen to Audible. And I, I think that there needs to be more of a discussion about, you know, meeting, meeting kids' needs in that way where – People are not just all treated like their brains all work the exact same way because we know that they don't. And I, that's one thing that I think private schools can do a little better sometimes because they see things a little differently. And if you're unschooled or you're homeschooled, your parents probably are able to cater to that because they know you. Your parents know who you are. They know how your brain works a lot better than a public school administrator deciding on curriculum and teaching styles does. So that's, that's another one that, that really bothers me is is sort of treating every kid like they're the same, like they're cogs in a machine. Yeah. You know, we're all just kind of – there was that famous song, uh, Another Brick in the Wall by Pink Floyd, which I'm not going to necessarily endorse because he's saying we don't need no education. But Oh,
0: that song. Uh, I didn't know that uh, was what it was called, but yeah, the weed. Yeah, uh, yep. <laughs>
1: yes. that's an old, old song, but uh, I, I like it because it talks about being one brick in this giant wall. And every brick is the same and everyone has to act the same way. And it's a song about having a tough time in school. And looking back, you can totally understand why, because the guy that wrote it was very creative. He was this amazing musician and went on to have a really successful career and a lot of times, very creative people struggle to sit down in class and and yep. focus the way that school wants them to, and especially in the public school system. So if that's you, don't get discouraged. You know there are ways that you can that you can learn to learn, and you just have to figure out what works for you. And hopefully, you're in a situation where there's some openness to that, um, whether it's a, a charter school or you're homeschooled or unschooled, and you can sort of figure out what works and and do it that way. But even if you're, in private, or if you're in public school, I've been there, I understand, and it's not easy. But let me tell you, the real world when you get out there is a lot more open to those sorts of ideas than public school is. So that's going to be my little encouragement as we wrap it up here. Brittany, thank you for chatting, and we will talk to you guys all again soon. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.